everyone, welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. It's the start of a new year, looking forward to getting straight back into it. I hope you've had a, a wonderful festive period. Uh, new Year's resolutions, maybe you've plenty, maybe you're going to set off as you did, uh, ended 2023. I've been on a brief hiatus, had a, uh, a couple of weeks where it wasn't planned, had a bit of a, a sickness bug and some scheduling um, difficulties, which meant that I've not been here, but I've been able to listen to the podcast and listen to the, the festive delights that have come through from Ross and TC. So maybe we'll just start with uh, Ross first and ask uh, how your new year was and whether there are many New Year's resolutions from the Miller household or you beginning as you left off last year. Well, uh, I had a quiet new year, as is my way, Jess. I am the senior member of the team and so I behave accordingly. Um, quiet, quiet new year, big uh, family game Monopoly. We're all still talking to each other, so that's a pretty big um, win to start the start the year. Uh, not big on New Year's resolutions. I mean, I'm pretty happy with how the how the tipping and the reading of the race is going, so I'd like to carry that through. Mrs Miller always gives me sort of a double A4 side of things that I can do better, so I'm sort of chipping my way through that and uh, we'll look to do better in 2024. I did listen to the podcast and I, I, I felt for you uh, and thinking of you sitting at the dinner table, sort of just thinking about Shishkin and what would have been in the King George. I know that would have really hurt you. It hurt me enormously as well, as much as it did hurt me seeing Jerry Colon being absolutely whipped aside by uh, Gallop and Deschamps in the Savile's Chase, a race that we uh, left this podcast just waiting for this last time. But before we get into some of the, the Christmas highlights, we have to pat everyone on the back from our last podcast. Ta- Captain T for Tom was a very well-backed two-to-one favourite in the Chalo Hurdle, put up by TC at nine at the time of recording. Uh, TC also hit the crossbar with your nap and next best both second. Ross's, your naps and Tara went off at, uh, at 10 to 11 and one. And the jukebox man was a big eye catcher, uh, placed in third in the cello at 20 to one. So I'm not surprised that from a tipping perspective, you're looking to carry on from uh, last year into the new year. Uh, TC must have been pleased with Captain Teak. He really grinded it out and looked at a real thorough stare in the cello. Yeah, he got the job done well. Paul Nichols just has a phenomenal record in the race, so it was no surprise to me that he won. I mean, it wasn't much for Chalo, was it? And they really were walking after the last hurdle. Wilmot disappointed, but excuses have come to light. So maybe it's not the best piece of form, but at least we got a win on the board. Regarding the two runner-ups, that's my New Year's resolution. Less, fewer seconds, more winners, please. Um, right. I know that last week uh, we discussed the King George. You both of you discussed it in the cruelest of cruel outcome for Shishkin. He ran a blinder before stumbling at the second last. But it was not really about that race, I think, that we can think of from a Gold Cup perspective. It's Gallopin de Champ has since come out and blown away his opposition in the Savills. Uh, there's also been a lot since we last recorded, including racing on New Year's Day at Cheltenham. Ross, anything that stands out from you from a, from a festive period perspective? Any horses that really might have gone under the radar with it being such a busy period that you're looking forward to seeing throughout the course of this year? Uh, well, from the festive period, I sort of went back through the handicap marks on Tuesday. I do think that uh, novice handicap chase at Kempton on, on Boxing Day that Blowy Ward won, I think that will turn out to be a real nice piece of form. I think there are plenty of winners will come out of that. Plenty jumped well. Um, and one that perhaps didn't perform, but I wouldn't give up on, is Adalco Beer. He was well beaten. Um, I just don't think the track suited. But then the highlight's got to be galloping to Champ, hasn't it? And it, I mean, I have to laugh at my social media feed. You know, after after the Dirk and he, you know, Gold Cup had broken him. He was forget him. He's he's finished with. He's still a young horse. He showed that uh, everything is still fully working. Um, blew them apart in 
at Leopardstown. If he turns up in that form, they're running for second place as far as I'm concerned in the in the Gold Cup. I, I was very well behaved. I didn't tweet or message you at all about Jerry Colom. And I did think that he perhaps looked, as, as I suspect him to, I think he just lacks that gear at, at, at that class. They'll be praying for plenty of rain come Cheltenham. Um, have to say that uh, Brian Aitchison was really magnanimous in defeat, you know, sort of didn't shirk away. And I think the more we can encourage that in the sport, the better. But for me, Galloping Deschamps was the highlight of uh, pretty much the whole festive period, actually. I was really pleased to see him back. And just the way, the manner he went through the race and, and finished his race off was spectacular. For me, it was a career best. Yeah, certainly. And look, considering what he's already achieved, that he has hit his prime with that race, must uh, put a full credit to Willie Mullins and his team for getting him back to that. And he's been, there have been echoes of, of Corto Star and, and in, in the kind of the, the manner in which he did that. And I thought Paul Tannand judged it perfectly too. So Gallop into Champ looks like he's got everything at his, at his mercy when it comes to the Gold Cup. Uh, in March and I'd imagine TC was happy to see Jericho Derepine enhance his credentials at Newbury and what I think might turn out to be a good race I thought Secret Squirrel gave him uh, a good run back in second but Jericho Derepine making that uh, anti-post bet for the Supreme looking quite nice. Yeah he's a very good horse I know there's a lot of scepticism on social media right now about how talented he is and whether he deserves to be a relatively short price in the market but he's done nothing wrong so far in two starts Look, I wouldn't be ploughing in now around 4-1, to 3-1, to one, whatever he is, for the Supreme. But we're sitting on a nice 16-1, to one, so I can't complain. But it was actually two other horses that I put up in the Jumps Preview podcast that caught my eye. The first was Farland, who finished second in a bumper at Aintree for Paul Nichols. He hung left all the way up the home straight. Four furlongs of hanging left. Still wasn't beaten far and smashed the rest of the field. I think he's definitely a horse keep uh, on side and Paul Nichols does exceptionally well with young horses. And the other was back to file, who I put down as one of my uh, novice chasers to follow this year. He made it second time lucky with an impressive 17-length romp at Leopardstown. Jumped brilliantly as well. Uh, Jacob McManus and Willie Mullins could have a nice one on their hands um, in fact to file. Great. Okay. Brilliant. Um, well, yeah, plenty that I think we're going to use going forward, especially if the ground continues to be soft. And I think that's the theme as of the new year. Start as we need to go on. It's been raining constantly since I can't remember November. Uh, the weather has really thrown uh, the toys out the pram when it comes to uh, jump racing this week. We've had plenty of race meetings abandoned. And I think there's a bit of a word of warning when it comes to this weekend's racing. We're going to look at uh, Sandown and the Veterans Chase final, but there is a potential 10 to 20 millimetres on Thursday, today, today of recording at Sandown before drier spells on Friday and Saturday. The going is soft, heavy in places, but parts of the back straight are good to soft. It looks like they'll be fine for racing, but Wincanton is in doubt. There's an inspection set for 8am on Saturday, so it could be just our, our feature racing, racing at Sandown that will be very much all eyes on this weekend, and it's the Veterans Chase uh, finale that we'll be focusing on from our preview perspective and quite a good feel to this race it's always well uh, well very popular there's plenty of horses that really thrive in this kind of series and you can say for the horses that make up the, the top of the betting good boy Bobby Sapage, Thomas Darby 
they're all horses coming into this off the back of a victory. And as I've, as I said, have been really revived by this. But I think it's it's a nice series, Ross. It's great to see them really enjoy themselves. And a lot of horses are coming into this off a of the back of some races, not in even in this series. I'm thinking of uh, the likes of Celebra Dalen. He's coming into it from the back of a of a Grade Three run. So you can really sort of throw your uh, options around from a from a trainer's perspective, and then have a, a big day in in the probably the rain in, in, in a race like this. Yeah, from a, from a viewing spectacle, it's brilliant. I'm really I'm really excited about it. You go through and pretty much every horse you can stop and think of a really fond memory of when you've seen them run a big race or a gallant race in defeat. Uh, in terms of finding selection, it's a nightmare because the one thing you know is they've pretty much all been targeted at this for about the last 12 months. Um, so I think it is competitive. I think Good Boy Bobby is undoubtedly the, the understandable favourite. He won leg seven at Chepstow for mark of 132. He won leg nine at Sandor for mark of 135. They were both on good to soft ground. He's gone up and out to a mark of 139. It's going to make it tougher. Um, he'll like soft ground. I just question whether he's going to want heavy ground. He's only tried it once and he was beaten at odds on. Um, but he's clearly smart and he's still below his, his career best form. You know, that was December 21. He won the Roland Merrick off a mark of 146. So I can see the appeal. But two lengths behind him in that Roland Merrick back in 21 was, was Lord de Menil, who was giving him £4, just has to give him £5 now. But unlike good boy Bobby, who I've got concerns over heavy ground, Lord de Menil is going to absolutely love heavy ground. You go back through his form, his best form is at Haydock on desperate, desperate ground. He's going to love this. I think he comes here in, in good heart, started the season with a, with a bit of a sighter, having finished last season actually at Cheltenham, really well finished uh, second over three mile two on on quicker ground than uh, normal uh, and then his last run at Cheltenham over two mile four which is thoroughly inadequate stayed on hand over fist um, up the finish just to run Cipage, uh you know got, got first run I mean Cipage is a two and a half mile horse I think Lord de Menil ran really well caught the eye I think this has been the target Gavin Sheehan jumps on he's obviously already had good success this season with Fugitive for, for Richard Hobson. I thought there was plenty to commend Lord de Menil in a, in a competitive race at a decent price. And then just one more that I want to, to be with off a low weight of just 10 stone seven, which I think can be a big advantage in uh, these staying chases when they're uh, run on heavy ground is Nesta Park. Um, he got taken off his feet last time at Doncaster, but that wasn't against veterans. That was against younger horses. And it was on good to soft ground at Doncaster. Doncaster does tend to ride a little bit quicker than I than the official description, I think. Um, but behind that, he stayed on at Aintree behind Celeb Allen um, on soft ground. Heavy ground is a bit of an unknown, but he doesn't seem to do anything very quickly. Um, I just think he's interesting off a, off a pretty low mark of 132, which is £3 lower than he was at Aintree off. Um, just a low weight, a dour stayer. Uh, I want to be with Nesta Park as well, but if anything wins this, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, Nesta Park, um, a horse who's got as, as many credentials as, as all of them to be in this race, but you have to have so much admiration for Lord de Menil and, and Richard Hobson, a horse that possibly not too dissimilar to his stable companion, Fugitive, knows how to come second more than he likes to win. But as we saw with Fugitive just recently, that they, he can get his head in front and he's down to a rating which suggests that he should be really competitive. Only found Sapage too good for him, but maybe on a over that intermediate trip and back up to the three miles, 
Styles. I think that might just see out uh, and be the reason why Sapage won't be able to back up his victory at, at Cheltenham last time. You've got to think, good boy, Bobby and Sam Twiston Davis don't know a partnership better. When he's on board, he just gets the best out of him. But um, he'll have to defy another high up in the in the weights but great to have two for gold in here who makes this uh easier for every, everyone with his big weight racing weight of 12 stone and with a rating of 153 but there's it's a, a lot to like about plenty of them uh tom and i can make a case for plenty as well it's quite difficult to knock a few off the list yeah, exactly. Veterans chases aren't exactly my forte. I'm no Paul Keeley in that regard. Uh, but this race has a cracking punting overview five to one the field with SBK. Um, obviously, with a market like that, you can make a case for plenty. You're not wrong. Uh, I could easily put up six or seven on a shortlist and say this horse could win this race. However, I ended up coming down on Lord Dominion as well as Ross. Um, we know that this trip is going to be good for him. Last time up, it was interesting to me that he was sent off favourite in a race over two mile, four and a half furlongs at Cheltenham, which was just an inadequate trip. And yes, he got beat by Sipage, who reopposes. Uh, but I thought he ran very promisingly indeed to finish second. I like that Gavin Sheehan got some experience in that race aboard Lord de Manil and then rides again today. He actually will learn plenty for that, uh, learn how the horse likes to go through his races. So that's a tick in the box. Um, I like that he's now five pounds below his last successful mark. And yeah, he might not be the most prolific of horses, but he's around 10 to 1. I think that's a very fair each way price. Yeah, Gavin Sheehan, what more can you say about the jockey? He's absolutely flying. There's not a big Saturday that goes past without him in the winner's enclosure. And obviously Richard Hobson uh, restoring his faith in him as well. Obviously gave that win on, on Fugitive and... Uh, a lot of confidence behind Lord de Menil from Ross and now uh, TC. So um, I, I, would, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're all following through with that. My opinion is that I like a couple of horses in this race. Celebrity Allen had a, a wonderful day in the, in, the, in the sunshine at Aintree back in October for Elizabeth Gale, who's back on board again. He was fourth behind Shambard um, at Aintree back at the track that he liked so much in the Beecher Chase, where he just got tired late on. Um, obviously, he's got plenty of stamina but on very heavy ground on a on a trip further than three miles I think that just found him out so back to three miles on heavy ground should be just okay and as I said Elizabeth Gale taking off that seven pounds and she's doing extremely well for that claim so saw her winning at Wincanton on Boxing Day and the other one I like is Mill Green at a bit of a price we know that James Bowen has taken over the role's first jockey for Nicky Henderson in really good style and he's riding with plenty of confidence he'll be uh, on board Mill Green who's quite an unusual horse in this kind of division he was in his first veterans chase at, Win at Warwick where he was behind Thomas Darby who he reopposes he was held up uh, he was just sort of given a, a patient ride to see how he'd, he'd handle and tackle uh, the the trip over the bigger obstacles and he did really well he's very unexposed in this kind of grade and over fences he's a horse that turns up at the likes of the Cheltenham Festival and Aintree Festivals with huge runs under his belt so he knows how to do it on big stages he's just quite interesting at around the 10 to 1 chance we just don't know how good he is in this kind of scene so hoping that Mill Green can run a, a good race for the bang inform Nicky Henderson team and James Bowen as well on board so uh, a plenty of confidence behind Lord de Benil in the veterans chase 
also for me, Celebrity Allen and Mill Green. And also, if you want a little bit on Nesta Park as well. So that's the Veterans Chase. And what would be a quite quiet enough weekend uh, this weekend, as I mentioned, uh, the rain still causing havoc and some of the tracks might just be um, succumb to the weather. Uh, so uh, with Sandown likely to be on and uh, knowing the, uh, the the way that the, the decks have come through, we do have competitive enough racing without anything being overly exciting. Ross, what are you looking forward to seeing from a Nats Next Best perspective? So I, I, I went to Santa. There's a couple that we encountered that are interesting, but I, I think they are going to struggle to get that on from what I can see on, on social media. So the Nap and Next Best both come from um, Sandown, but they should probably come in quotation marks in terms of Nap and Next Best. But the 1240, I do like authorised speed for Gary Moore. It's got plenty of good hurdling form at this course on, on soft ground. Um, was away from the track for a while before making his Chase Davio Ascot last month. Looked to me to have the race in the bag, turning for home, was going completely the best of everything, um, and then made a pretty bad error um, at the second last. And that is the concern. He does just have that in him. He had it in him over hurdles where he could just lose concentration and, and crash one. And that's what he did at fences. Maybe just hitting the floor might just wake him up a little bit and he'll concentrate a little bit harder. That can often be the case. Um, David Noonan keeps the ride, which I think is important. I think he's clearly a horse that takes a little bit of knowing. Um, I think it's interesting that Nar Houlihan is at Sandown and doesn't jump on board. Um, so authorised speed in the 1240, I think he's comfortably the best horse, still nicely handicapped. He's just got to concentrate and get it a good round of jumping. And then the next best in the 115, and this is a handicap uh, hurdle for older horses, um, Sizing Potsy was once rated in the, in the 150s um, when in Ireland was actually second over this trip in a grade two chase on heavy ground. And that's my angle here, really. Um, he's run twice on this season on heavy ground. First time I put Utoxter after a windock, ran really well, finished second. Then went to Wincanton off the same mark, and you'd expect him to go very close there. But he ran pretty poorly, jumped quite badly, but he was noticeably weak in the market, given the form he had to carry into that race. He's got to drop the pound for that. Those were both over two miles. Two miles four is going to perhaps stretch him a little bit, but he likes heavy ground. He's down to a really low mark. And in an open-looking race, I thought he was worth chancing at what's going to be a decent price in the 115. OK, looking forward to that, sizing Potsy for David Pipe and Jack Tudor, who, I have to say, Ramza de Taye was one of the horses last off my list for the veterans chase for that uh, that team. But I just was just slightly worried that there might be some uh, horses slightly fresher legs in that um, compared to him. But he ran a blinder in the veterans chase last year to finish second. Uh, David Pipe and Jack Tudor representing for sizing Potsy and authorised speed for the Gary Moore team. We know how much he loves Sandown. We know how well his yard has been this festive period. Uh, they couldn't really do no wrong with all kind of horses in different categories. So you'd imagine that they're they're going in with all guns blazing for Sandown on Saturday. Tom, is there anything that you like from their team uh, this weekend to add to Lord de Manil from the Veterans Chase? Exactly that, yes. Uh, Gary Moore has a 21% strike rate with hurdlers at Sandown over the last five years. And my nap is Hudson de Grugy. will hopefully enhance that record in the 150 uh, on Saturday. Seven-year-old needs testing ground. Gary Moore said that last year when he won a grade three uh, handicap at this track in March. He said the ground is crucial to his, to his case. And last time up, he was running over an adequate trip on ground that probably wasn't ideal. First up after wind surgery as well. I just don't think we saw the best 
Hudson de Guruji that day. Nevertheless, he was only beating 10 lengths and was staying on powerfully all the way to the line, albeit the camera shot wouldn't be showing that for much of the home straight. Uh, clear signs of encouragement suggest that this could be the day for Hudson de Gruji. He was as big as eight to one earlier in the week. He's now a three to one favorite at the time of recording. Um, he steps back to his ideal trip, as I say, and a mark of one, two, three is just very appealing. Uh, so here's my nap. My next best is the aforementioned Lord de Manil and the Veterans Chase at three o'clock. Look, it's just not a very good uh, day of racing on Saturday, I have to admit. I don't even like anything on the weather. That shows how bad it must be. Uh, so I'm just going to stick Lord de Manil in this slot here. Look, he's not really a next best, but he's just the, the only other horse I fancy on the day. Yeah, there is a weather racing this weekend and also uh, on Sunday as well, first of um, the Sunday fixtures from the all weather perspective. And uh, I pleased that we've got more confidence behind Gary Moore runners. So Ross has got authorised speed. Uh, Tom's got Hudson de Grugy, And I've got Spirit Danu in the final race at uh, Sandown on Saturday. A horse that I think has got a, an excellent chance in quite a weak-looking handicap hurdle. Langadan is just not really, really found his form again this season. There's an interesting horse for Paul Nichols, a newcomer, Sans Brew, but I don't really know where his form lies from a, a handicap perspective transferring from France. And then there isn't a huge amount in there outside of it. The likes of Word has it, which won a three-runner race last time, and and the Churchill lad has to improve from from what he did um, coming into, into this company. And it was only just a week ago that he he was running. So I do think that uh, Spirit Danu has got an excellent chance for Gary Moore and Nalhulahan to end up what we hope will be a good day for them. And then in the 150, so going against uh, Hudson de Grugy, uh, George Sharp, he is doubly entered. He's also in at Wincanton for a lesser race than this. But if Wincanton is off, then he'll be going for this 0 to 150. So it's a big ask, a big step up. Step up. But uh, he's got the same racing weight as Hudson de Grugy and he's a horse for Venetia Williams who's really excelled um, last two runs he's just getting he's improving as he continues um, in the chasing sphere and over this trip as well he's got to uh, add a, he's got to essentially do better in a better class of race he, he won a female jockey's handicap chase last time but he was far too good for all of them he's a really ex interesting exciting recruit so if he goes to Sandown he's worth following but if Wincanton is on uh, I would follow him there as well so that is our next best and uh, nap selections for the first episode of 2024 let's hope we'll continue from where we left off we've obviously got all of those um, insights from the horses that really sparked an interest from Ross and TC from a, the festive period so take a note of them for as we continue on throughout the crest rest of the season don't forget all new SBK users get £30 in free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time head to SBK for lots of other offers and promotions throughout the weekend and don't forget to like subscribe and rejoin us next week where we'll be back for more Thank you.